Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. I'll tell you right now, folks, we had such an exciting show last week. Tremendous response there. You know, obviously, we had the folks in Pro Wrestling Illustrated on, and that was a a great conversation. But, you know, Layla Gray, literally one of the up-and-coming stars in pro wrestling today, we've gotten some great response about her being on the show as well, which surprise, surprise, you're seeing her all over the place. What, you know, so that's no shock there, but it just goes to show Duke loves wrestling. It's a place to be. And I'm going to tell you right now, I want to keep this train going because I have somebody who knows Layla Gray pretty well, you know, actually broke into the wrestling business with Layla Gray and, you know, knew her even before then. And this is somebody who, once again, a rising star in independent scene, somebody who has been busting heads all over Florida his entire life. So I better be careful here. I don't want to piss this guy off because I might be next if I ever find myself down in Florida. You know, the Duke is, a, I just run my mouth. I'm not a fighter. I got to say this. But without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. He is the outlaw. Luke Curtis. What's going on there, Luke? I'm going to go ahead and say right now that Duke doesn't have anything to worry about when it comes to me. I'm a big fan of Duke's. I'm a big fan of the podcast. You know, I'm going to take care of you, man. Hey, as a matter of fact, if you ever need a bodyguard, I got you, man. I I was going to say this here because, you know, there are a couple of punks down there that I I might need to straighten out. So I might need you, outlaw Luke Curtis, to, to handle some of these guys for me. Hey, just give me the time and place, man. I'll be there. Yeah, you know, free of charge for you, brother. There, there, are, there's a punk, uh, Isaiah Zane. You know, he's part of the Makers. This guy, <laughs> he, he, he was getting real smart with me the other day. I had these guys on the show, and and they think they're a couple of wise guys and all this good stuff. There, they were talking real tough. Um, so I, I may need you to just beat all three of them up for me. The outlaw Luke Curtis. What do you think about that? <laughs> Okay, what do I the the make it, huh? Well, I I know them very well. As a matter of fact, I've actually stepped in the ring with the Russell twins a couple times, and um, they got they got one, and 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 I got one. So you know they're lucky that they got that one over on me. It was actually at Pro Wrestling 2.0, but um the first the first bout, you know, we had, we had taken the win on that one. Um, as far as Isaiah Zane goes. Me and Isaiah have never stepped in the ring with each other. Um, I've seen him training. You know, he's pretty impressive. I've seen his matches, of course, too, and he's seen mine. But, you know, we haven't actually tussled before. But the Russell Twins, yeah, we we, we go back a little bit. <laughs> well, first of all, Russell Twins, the two of you can just line up single file and wait your turn because I'm going to tell you right now, the outlaw, Luke Curtis, is going to straighten the both of you out for the Duke. So that's number one. OK, and number two, Isaiah Zane, you're, you're, you're nothing but a, a, a big talking, overstuffed punk. OK, 
who doesn't know what it means to be a big shot, who doesn't know what it means to be an outlaw, who doesn't know what it means to put it all on the line, to be one of the best on the independent scene in all of Florida, like my man, Luke Curtis. So here's how it's going to go down. Okay. You, you need to get out of this business, get rid of your contract and get out of our lives. And if not, I'm sending the outlaw Luke Curtis to straighten you out, Isaiah Zane. Okay. And that's coming straight from the Duke. That's right. What do you think about that, Luke Curtis? I think that that is is a plan that we can make happen. I think if Isaiah Zane wants to run his mouth about the Duke, then the outlaw is going to make sure that the Duke is taken care of. And it's not only Florida, it's Texas too. So, you know, them states are going to start piling up soon. That's right. That's right. And listen, this is important here because I think that we live in a world today where these keyboard warriors, these, these, these fake tough guys, you know, they, they run their mouths and they think they're so clever, you know, with their, their weird kind of humor and what have you. Uh, but you're a guy <laughs> that, you know, you, you have a reputation for being a guy that gets things done. And I know that it even goes all the way back to when you spent time on the football field. So wh- wh- let's talk about this for a second, because you're originally from Florida, right? That's right. From way down south, uh, Homestead, Florida. I, grew, I went to South Dade High School where I was a uh, amateur wrestler and a football player. So, I mean, come on now. You're talking about South Dade High School. We're, we're talking about a place where you, you couldn't just run your mouth. You had to prove who you were. You had to prove that you could actually back it up, right? It was, you know, shark-infested waters. But, you know, I became a brother over there. So, you know, we banded up, and, and we were strong as a unit. You know, everybody took care of each other. We were from the same area. It was a tough life for a lot of us. You know, we were we were pretty disenfranchised. We didn't have a lot of things, but we came together as a group and and we became warriors together. And I feel like that's where I got a lot of my attitude, a lot of my strength, a lot of my personality. And it was definitely a character building experience, you know, playing football in South Florida and wrestling in South Florida. Outlaw Luke Curtis, I'm not a person that played football on the level that you did, but I did play football growing up. And and one of the things you know, I, I, I wasn't good at learning the plays. I was just good at hitting people. So that's what I did. I did a lot of the dirty work there, even though I'm a small guy. But one of the things that I learned is that once you take that first hit where somebody like really knocks the wind out of you and really straightens you out, and then you go out there and you start giving some of that punishment, you realize that you better be careful what you say and what you do because there are consequences. Do you find that some of these punks that you got to deal with in wrestling that they don't they don't understand the consequences or maybe they don't come from the same places that you come from? So they don't understand that they will get hurt if they mess with you. I definitely feel like that's true. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of these guys are are playing wrestler and I'm not playing wrestler. I am a wrestler. I've been a wrestler since I was five years old. And if anybody has a problem with that. You know, we'll get in the ring and, and, and we'll work it out, you know, but I, I definitely feel like people run their mouth and they, they think that they've done something because, you know, they get out there and they dance around for people and they crack jokes and stuff like that and they make people laugh. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm a heavy hitter and I'm a bruiser and born and bred. I was born and raised that, that way. That's for sure. That's for sure. What does it mean to you to be an outlaw? Because, you know, that moniker carries a lot with it i mean you really really got to be a a serious person here to to be known as an outlaw so what does that mean to you being an outlaw is is the the foundation of who i am 
especially in today's society with everything going on and you know the system can be so over overwhelming for a lot of people and and the rules and and even the social rules that are put on people it, it's it's not something that i necessarily live my life by i i believe that i live the way that i need to live and i do what makes me happy oh so so what are some of the rules that you've broken in wrestling so far i mean you can you can level with me here i don't think that anyone is going to reverse the match decisions here what's what's a rule that you enjoy breaking outlaw luke curtis uh, I, I I don't think I've broken any rules in the ring to tell you the truth. At the end of the day, if the referee doesn't see it, then it didn't happen. You know, so it's all it's all the only way I look at it is I come out on top. I like to consider myself an opportunist. And I think that I'm better at taking opportunities than other people. And I think if you get caught slipping, then you get caught slipping. And that's it. Listen, in the in the the words of the great philosopher Beanie Siegel, you're either going to get down or you're going to lay down. Right. That's the way it goes down. That's that's the way yep. it goes down there. You know, and if you don't want to lay down, you're going to get put down. That's right. That's right. I, I wonder about this outlaw Luke Curtis, because I know that you have had some some pretty solid matches, especially for a guy that is still fairly new in the in the wrestling industry here. If you could think of one or two people who you have learned the most from while in the ring. So I'm not talking about just trainers. I'm not talking about people who you've had conversations with, but I'm talking about people that you've mixed it up with in the ring. Who's somebody or a couple of somebodies who you've learned the most from in the ring? And what did you learn? My first match was against uh, a guy that goes by the name of Scyther. He barks and he growls. He's like a, an uncaged animal. I don't know what's up with him. And that was my first match in the business. And it was my first loss in the business. And he hooked my tights. And he broke a rule. And I think from that moment on, I, I understood that. And I was outclassing him in that match. I was bigger. I was stronger. I was dominating him. But he sure enough, he, he hooked my tights. He rolled me up. He, he cheated for the win. And that's when I realized that I'll do whatever it takes to, to make the outcome go my way. So that's one person that, that kind of set me on the path of being somebody that does what he needs to do to get stuff done. I also wrestled Carlito. Carlito, I, I learned so much from him in the ring. He's got a lot of attitude. He's got a lot of personality. And um, that's definitely something that I picked up on very quick. He was definitely trying to out showman me in the ring. And that was something that I didn't take lightly. So I always vowed that after that, that I would, I would step up my personality. I would step up my charisma and I wouldn't let somebody up show me no matter who they are, where they've been. And I think the outcome of that match, you know, will show that I learned some lessons in the ring as we were going. I evolved in that and those, those, I would say, were two people that I've greatly benefited from. And there's many other people, but, but those are two matches that, that definitely, you know, left a mark on me and, 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 and you know, uh, set in motion who I am today and what I'm doing today in the ring. You know, you, you mentioned Texas. We've, we've talked about your time in, in Florida, but you mentioned Texas. And I know, listen, when it comes to Texas, there are a lot of people that think they're big and they're bad and they're tough. You know, you can level with me here outlaw luke curtis you're amongst friends here what do you say do, do, do you have your eyes on anybody that you need to straighten out or what have you at, at swe fury I, uh there's there's a lot of competition there there's a lot of big name talent um the, the blood hunter he wears a mask he comes out with selena de la renta and he he's dominated people in the ring and he's the champion charlie haas is a champion over there and charlie haas runs his mouth you know exactly how charlie haas is He's the loose cannon. 
Um, he's somebody that I definitely has my have my eyes on. But these people have a lot of experience in this business, and it's definitely been a learning process dealing with with that type of talent, that type of size. There's a lot of big boys out there in Texas, and you're right, the male talent is is dominant. So so dealing with that talent and trying to move up that card has been a struggle, but it's also been a blessing. I've I've learned from a lot of great minds and it's been a lot of great experiences. So, and I enjoy the punishment and I enjoy giving the punishment and they work very punishing over there. It's a very punishing style. So it's definitely something that I've embraced. And I feel like it's something that's definitely going to make an impact in my career and my life in general. You know, it's, it's nice being around that, you know, tough, but also uh, courteous group of people, very kind people, but very rough and tough at the same time. Well, listen, shout out to uh, SWE Fury, you know, James Beard, Rodney Mack, the 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 maverick okay we're talking about moonshine mantel these are these are friends of the show here at the duke loves wrestling podcast and i'm going to talk to them i'm going to see if we can uh <laughs> figure out a way to to get my man the outlaw luke curtis some more uh opportunities over there and uh you know good old swe fury because i i know that you're hungry i know that you're you're, you're chomping at the bit you you want to bring some pain to Texas the same way you've been doing it in Florida your entire life there. And what better place to do it than SWE Fury there? So that's that's pretty cool. Outlaw, talk to me about Layla Gray, because he, here is somebody who I know that you have a history with her. I, I know that, um, you know, she's been in the business a short amount of time, but she's made a lot of waves. And, you know, the word on the street is that and, and look, I, I'm not trying to get into your personal business too much. I don't want to embarrass you or anything like that. But I'm hearing that you have a crush on Layla Gray. So do you need me to put in a good word for you or something like that? <laughs> uh, I mean, you can put in a good word if you want. Um, I, don't, I don't have her phone number, so I don't even know how to get a hold of her, actually. So we got into the business at the same time. We're married. That's my wife. Um and she's really she's really the the main reason that that I was able to get into this profession because I was an amateur wrestler um I also did mixed martial arts I used to train at at a school called American Top Team with uh Yoel Romero he's a UFC fighter I didn't have any interest in professional wrestling but uh she she got me to go and, and you know I I had been on a, on a bad a bad path in life for a while you know I was drinking a lot you know, I had a, a drug problem, um, a lot of different things that were really holding me back. You know, I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't taking care of my mind. Um, I was doing a job that I did not like. Um, I was a mechanic. I hated it. It was a struggle um, just to find happiness, you know, and I think that's why you turn to all these other things. And uh, once we got into professional wrestling, um, I, I found like my true happiness and, and, being an amateur wrestler was always one of my greatest passions in life. And when I stopped doing that, I think that that's when everything started to kind of, you know, go out of, out of control and spiral the way that it did. But coming back to wrestling in this capacity and just the mindset that you need to have to do this because it's such a mental game as much as it is a physical game that it, it's really just given me something to look forward to in life, something to drive for, to push for. And it's just, yeah, it's been the greatest experience ever. And and I think that, you know, us getting into the business together has been huge for both of us because we're able to bounce things off of each other. Um, you know, we live together. So we'll wrestle in the apartment, you know, go over moves, work on stuff, 
You know, we can get in the ring together, just me and her, and we can come up with new combinations, new moves, different sets that we think are going to benefit each of us, depending on where we're booked or, you know, it's just so many things that go into professional wrestling and having like a, a tag team partner, like in life has been a blessing, you know, and it's definitely, it's definitely been one of the reasons why, cause wrestling gets hard sometimes, especially when you're training and you have moments where you break down and you think that you can't do this and it's too hard and you, you're not grasping something. And to have somebody there with you, that's also going through the same thing, also struggling the same way. Um, when you're able to push through together, it, it, it builds a really strong bond and it, and it sets a good foundation. So I know that I'm rooted into this business now. I've gotten to that point. You know, I have no more doubts. I have no more fears. I have no more, no more worry and angst that this is something that I cannot do. I know that this is something that I can do the same way that she does. And I think we've, we've built that confidence up together. And I think it's a beautiful thing, if you ask me. <laughs> It sure is. It sure is. And, and how dare you try to just slide that one in there? Oh, I, I train at a place called American Top Team with, you know, you all Romero. <laughs> you, may, you may have heard of him, you know. Come on. I don't man. know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Some people I haven't heard. No. Oh, I don't know. Who listen, I got a set of audience. <laughs> we, we have had, uh, you know, a good friend of the show is Dan the Beast Severin, UFC Hall of Famer. I think he was the first inducted into UFC Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, one of the greatest so, fighters yeah. of all time. We've had Ken Shamrock on the show. We we are very. Uh, this is definitely a combat sports friendly uh, show uh, here at Duke that's, Wrestling. That's so well. awesome. That's so awesome. Yes, yes. Love the sport. Been a lifelong fan myself. And you know, when you talk about uh, American Top Team, you know, Bobby Lashley has trained there. Thunder Rosa has trained there. It it legitimately, and I know that they have different training facilities. They even have one down in in the Atlanta area. Um, you know, ATT is is a premier mixed yeah. martial arts training apparatus. There, I mean, they they're serious. You know, so yeah. it's it's interesting to hear that the foundation of your MMA background is from there, and you have a background yep. in wrestling even before then. No wonder you're the outlaw. You know, no yep, no wonder exactly. you're a guy that can bust heads the way you do. That's right. That's right. And I haven't even shown all of the all the creativity and the different side of of combat that I have in store, you know? So as I continue to, to grow and, and there's more matches and I don't know, I guess it's time for me to break out some new stuff. You're going to see some, some, some different type of a different style of, you know, fighting and combat and wrestling and the way I meld it all together. So, well, I'm really excited about that because one of the things I respect about you outlaw Luke Curtis is the fact that, you know, I, I'm not into this whole flippy, dippy, spin them around, skippy nonsense that these guys are doing these days. I can't stand it. It, it, it really irritates me because I'm a purist and I just I, I want to see something that is a fight. I don't want to see playtime. Right. And you're yeah. not a playtime kind of guy. You're a guy that just gets in there and gets it done. And especially with your wrestling background, with your MMA background, if some guy comes up to you and is doing some flippy nonsense, I'm pretty sure you're just going to punch him in the face. Right. Yeah, I'm just going to knock it. Yeah, if he wants to jump at me, I'm going to knock him out of the air. If he wants to, no matter what he does, I'm going to catch him one way or another. But yeah, Damn I'm throwing right. haymakers. Damn right. Damn right. So so what what is it going to be here, Outlaw Luke Curtis? What can we expect 2021, you know, when this year is all said and done, what are some of the things that we can expect you to have accomplished in this great year here? I don't know exactly what's in store for me in 2021, but I know that, if I keep doing everything that I'm doing every single day, 
that the doors are just going to continue to fly open. And I know that there's big opportunities out there for me and I'm not rushing anything is what I'm working on is trying to become the best professional wrestler that I can become no matter what that takes. And I know that when my time to shine comes, I will be ready. So wherever I end up, you know, um, or whatever happens in this year, uh, I know it's going to be big for me and I know it's going to be exciting. So keep following what I'm doing and big things are on the horizon. And I know that, uh, you know, the outlaw Luke Curtis, if anyone wants to check him out, WrestleMania weekend, he is going to be part of that crazy, crazy card with GCW. I know on the, uh, Saturday, he is going to knock somebody out then. So you definitely want to check it out, folks. This is why I keep telling you, GCW yeah. Generation Championship Wrestling, you want to be a part of their WrestleMania weekend card Friday and Saturday. Check it all out. It's it's can't-miss entertainment. Some of the top stars from around the whole wrestling landscape, some new stars, especially the outlaw Luke Curtis, especially Layla Gray. You folks are going to see them that weekend, WrestleMania weekend, GCW. Ain't that right there, outlaw Luke Curtis? That's right. Um, get ready because you're going to see, you know, Layla Gray in store. You're going to see myself in store. It's going to be the seminal showdown. That's the event that I'm going to be working. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Um, just come out for that whole weekend. GCW is going to be doing so many different things, so many different shows. You don't know exactly where each wrestler is going to end up. Things change all the time. I might be here. I might be there. But you're definitely going to see the outlaw Luke Curtis WrestleMania weekend for GCW. That's right. That's right. And, and listen, I, I got to tell you right now, <laughs> Jeremy Gomez, don't mess this up. All right. I'm telling you right now, Gomez, I know that you have it. Sometimes you can be a little evil over there. You, you let the power go to your head being the head booker over there in GCW. The outlaw, Luke Curtis, is a man <laughs> that is just about getting it done in the ring. Don't play your games with him, Gomez. Don't send Don't your do minions it. to give this guy a hard time because he's going to send them all back. And, they, you know, they're going to be in, in a worse way than when you originally sent them out. You better believe that. Listen. Outlaw Luke Curtis, why don't you tell everybody the best way that they can follow you online, they can check out what you have going on, merchandise, the whole nine yards. What's the best way to check you out, man? Okay, so on Instagram, it's outlaw underscore, underscore Luke Curtis. That's Curtis with a K. Um, make sure you follow me on Twitter. It's um, at the, the underscore Luke Curtis. I wish everything was the same. Uh, and then check me out on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on YouTube. Um, just search Luke Curtis. That's with a K. And um, you'll see some wrestling. And you'll see some good stuff. And as far as merch goes, we're still working on merch. 8x10s, you can hit me up. We do merch uh, stuff on social media all the time or at shows. Just follow me yeah, on right. social media. You know, you get an inside look at our life. Watch my stories. You know, I always post about things that we're doing things that we're doing with our, with the dog or me and Layla or when we go out to eat or just different things that we do, events that we attend. And you get a good inside look at our life and, you know, have a lot of fun, man. <laughs> Damn right. You know, before I let you go, I got to ask you this, because I, I last week I asked Layla about, uh, you know, if, if she was going to put on a, a Dominican feast, what kind of food would she serve? And, you know, I, I told her and I, and I, I say this on the show often. Food and music. These are the two mediums that I feel from a cultural aspect is the best way that people can connect with each other. You know what I mean? If, if you and I can find common ground around food or around music, then we can build and we can really have a relationship from there. So I'm going to ask you this. The outlaw Luke Curtis, 
you're you're a Florida guy. You're you know Miami Dade guy. You're a guy that loves outlaw music, especially hip hop. So give me give me your list there. If if if, if I want to get some training done, if I want to be like the outlaw Luke Curtis, give me give me five songs on your mix. What what are five songs in order that I need to listen to in order to get my mind right for to to train like the outlaw Luke Curtis? I like Pop Smoke. If you want to listen to some modern day hip hop to get hype, get ready to go out there and and really train hard. I would listen to Pop Smoke. He's got a lot of good music. Um, song called Fashion. That's a good song. I like death metal. There's a lot of death metal on my playlist because, you know, I like it hardcore. I would listen to like Symbolic, Hammer Smash Face, Slaughter of the Soul. It's like some hardcore death metal music. Obviously, down here, we listen to Rick Ross. If you want to put on some hustling, that's the theme song of any Miami person, anybody that was born and raised in the day 305 till they die. Rick Ross is the way to go. Every day we're hustling. We just work hard. We hustle hard. And that's the Miami lifestyle. And it pays off. His name is the outlaw, Luke Curtis. And he is hustling. Every day he's hustling. Thank you for joining us, outlaw Luke Curtis. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Can't wait to do it again. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully's Indies Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to this week's edition of Duke Loves Wrestling. This is the one, the only... The young professor coming at you live out of Central Florida. We'll just leave it there because I'm all over the place. And, folks, this is a big landmark week. You're hearing this on a Thursday night, and that means that tomorrow morning is the day before WrestleMania. And WrestleMania week in the host town is always a big one, folks, because all of professional wrestling as an industry will descend upon the host city. In this case, it is Tampa, Florida, and some of the best and finest independent names in all of pro wrestling will be in town. I will be involved. I will be involved with Generation Championship Wrestling. And folks, I have been given the opportunity to run my own show with a lot of the hottest rising stars in all of professional wrestling. It's going to be at 10 a.m. Friday morning as part of Generation Championship Wrestling's We Run This Town. It's going to be called Best in Class with the Young Professor, GCW Rising Best in Class. You know, Young Professor, I got to tell you, I don't know how you were able to pull this. Actually, I do know how you were able to pull this off. And I don't normally talk about my personal business on the show too much, but I guess I can here. You promised me that if I allowed you to promote this major mega event, WrestleMania weekend, that you would make some calls and get that B taken off of my college transcript. So I think I've done enough to to kind of provide a space for, for you to promote uh, <laughs> best in class with the young professor. So are you going to take care of that transcript for me or what? Well, let's see how the show goes first. They either will definitely want to talk to me afterwards or they'll never want to speak to me again. And I'm really hoping <laughs> it's the former and not the latter. Listen, man, I, I'm very, uh, very excited. And very proud of the fact that every single time the young professor comes on Duke Loves Wrestling, he has leveled up from the last time. And it is just 
such a, a thrill to see you put this amazing card together. Literally some of the, the top up-and-coming stars on the independent wrestling scene, especially in the greater Florida area here. Uh, I mean, Jesus, how, how did you manage to, to get yourself? First of all, you're a professor. You know, you're, you're a trivia host. You are a guy that does announcing and commentating. Now you're booking a show. Next week, you're probably going to run for president. I mean, what the hell is going on here? Let's not get crazy. I, I have no political aspirations whatsoever. I, I'm too busy trying to get everyone to like me, not only half of people. And that's how you have to play the game in politics. So I'd like to keep my net a bit wider. So let's 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 start with that. I don't but, know, uh, man. I, I think you might you might be able to pull it off, Professor. Don't set yourself oh, short no, now. We can't. You, <laughs> you pick a color, you lose half the people, and that's you know you got to pick color. That's the way it goes. It's uh, it's that's unfortunate, it. but that's the nature of the beast. That's it. Well, well, all right. So, talk to me about being a promoter here. You're you're putting together what I assume is the your first official card, and you managed to to pull in some really really strong names here. I mean, how did you pull this off, man? You know what? I uh, it, it's it had very humble beginnings. So so I, I I don't deem myself a promoter per se. I mean I am operating under Generation Championship Wrestling. I'm I'm a member of the creative team. So I am on the, uh, the I'm in the committee where we make some of the decisions and bring in some of the talent and help with promotional materials. But you know we're running this all day event and it starts really i mean it starts at 9 a.m that's what time medusa and odb are going to be doing the first thing of the day which is their event called breakfast of champions where they're literally serving breakfast i mean odb of course has the meet and greet food truck and so she's going to be serving breakfast and medusa wwe hall of famer medusa you know, lundra blaze they're going to be serving breakfast little meet and greets and photos and all that stuff and then we've got an all day of wrestling and we had it's a multi-promotional effort. You know, we've got uh, two different promotions coming in from the great state of Texas. We've got boot and heel, which is, you know, traditionally been a merchandise uh, firm, a merchandising firm for independent professional wrestlers. But they have had some sponsorship and involvement in various promotions and they're bringing in a lot of their athletes. And then, of course, Generation Championship Wrestling. But we were getting ready to start at noon, and we know that we're there. We, I mean, the building's opening early. The first thing is happening at 9, and there was no wrestling in the morning. And after some discussion amongst members of the group, uh, we said, well, we've got this morning slot. Does anybody want to do it? And nobody put their hand with it. Oh, that might be too early. That was the kind of hemming and hawing we had. And I said, you know what? Give me the ball. And let's 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 run with it. I said, I don't think it's too early. We've promoted this as an all day event. I think we can do something cool. And I think that we'll have availability. And I said, and you know what? The, as WrestleMania comes up in these events, I mean, now that I have access to social media accounts, all every wrestler and their mother is messaging promoters left and right. Like, hey, brother, hey, brother, 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 brother. Let me get on this show. I want to work. I want to come work for you. Here's my stuff. Let me work. Let me work. But on these Mania Week shows, you see a lot of top indie talent. And, I mean, that it's a testament to them and the work that they've done, the names that they possess. But it's a lot of the same big names that are going and working in all these shows, which is great because fans need to be able to see them. But I said, you know what, let's turn this into a show for maybe some people that are not as well-known, that might not otherwise get that kind of opportunity. And let's give them a chance to shine and a place to work. It's a morning show. So that was how it started. 
And I had a few people very specifically in mind that I wanted to approach that I that I've worked with in my travels uh, here throughout the southeast. And I started putting it together. And as that happened, more and more names came up, more and more people expressed interest and even names that I never that I they were like, why didn't you reach out to us? I said, well, I didn't want to insult you. I'm running this early morning kind of, you know, not throwaway or bonus show, but that was kind of the initial thing. It was like, hey, look, we have the spot. Let's just bring some people in that nobody really knows and and let's do something with it. And it has just turned into so much more. It certainly has. I mean, let's talk about some of the the wonderful talents that you have on the card because, you know, many of them have actually been here on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, which is really fun. But uh, why don't you outline for us, what's the card going to look like? So we're going to open the show. Uh, Our first match right out of the gate is going to be between two ladies that I have had a chance to work with and I think the world needs to see. Uh, we've got T Gaines, very young T Gaines, trained out of flatback. She's got a powerlifting and Olympic lifting background. She's going to be taking over your guest from last week. And the first person I called for this show, Layla Gray. And I just want everybody to know, I know she's booked on Mission Pro. I know she's out in Texas. I know she's been on AEW. I announced her for best in class before all that happened. I'm not saying that that's causal, but... I wouldn't know. I was I was the first one to arrive <laughs> to, uh, as that train started leaving on the tracks. Uh, next up, so we've got some tag team action. We've got the Demon Daddies, known as the Coda, pretty uh, pretty well known, interesting tag team based here in Florida. They are uh, a demon sex cult, so that's interesting. You know, we got a little bit of everything. They're, they're the goth kids in best in class, and they're going to be taking on the team of a medieval knight and a space cowboy which is an interesting pairing, but one that I'm very excited to see because those two, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, Duke, but we posted a promo that they put together. They did an actual silent film that went out yesterday that was remarkably entertaining. Well, you know, Professor, I I wanted to to talk to you about that because everybody is just putting together such great promos for this event. And I know that you're going to announce more of the the matches, but – my goodness, just the, the promos and, and everything leading up to it is just top notch, man. I mean, this is this is I would give you an A on this exam <laughs> if this were an exam. here. You know what? I, I This is one of the few times where I, I, I would take an A here and I and I really can't take the credit for it. I, I, I've been driving the train, but it's the responsibility has been up to these people involved. And um, I've never seen this. And I, I've been. I've been on a lot of shows. If I, you know, I run the numbers looking through my calendar for the last three and a half years. I've been a part of more than 200 professional wrestling shows. I've called over a thousand matches easily um, in one way, shape or form. And I've never had a show where this much of the talent was so invested prior to the event in putting out quality material to help promote it, to help get eyes and recognition on it as I have for this show. And it's been all them. I mean, I've been encouraging it and giving deadlines and being very transparent about my aim. And they've just knocked it out of the park. And I really want to give a big shout out to one of the tag teams that's going to be in our semi-main event. And, and that's the main event. Uh, that's ringleader Midas and Jay Lyon. They're known as the main event. They're based out of the Northeast, so they're up your way, Duke. Uh, but they were the first ones to send me a promo where they challenged Culture Inc. And they did it. They went to the Bronx and they shot a promo 
on the same staircase as where they filmed that pretty iconic scene in the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film. The minute I saw it, I got goosebumps because I, I knew that they went out of their way to find a unique, interesting setting to kind of kick things off. And that was the first thing anyone saw from this show. And everybody had to reach that bar. And I feel like every single person did. They sure have. They sure have. And, and I'll tell you, once again, this is just a an A, possibly an A-plus card here. I mean, if, if you were to say one match in particular that you think is really going to bring the house down, I know there are all your babies here, but come on, Professor, you can level with me here. What do you think is the one that may steal the show? Uh, they all have that potential, and that's not a cop-out answer, but I think the one that most people will come away talking about, because these two teams have been looking for a place to, uh, to get off the ground, is the match between the main event and Culture Inc., I know you've had Malik Bosidi here on the show. He is a great friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for years, and I love that guy. And he and his partner, Eli Knight, and their manager, Nick Holiday, are as talented a group of guys as you've ever seen. They're here in Florida. The main event is based out of uh, the New York area. They're both incredible, and they are meeting for the first time at Best in Class with an opportunity at the GCW Tag Team Championships for the nighttime show on the line so it's high stakes it's going to be tremendously athletic and i think that has all the potential to really be a show across the entire weekend at any promotion anywhere that people will want to see and will want to see again now we we had the uh, outlaw luke curtis on literally just hung up with him and now i'm talking to you here is there something going on on Saturday as well? Because you keep talking about this amazing card on Friday, but what the heck's going on Saturday, Professor? So Saturday, actually, a good friend of mine uh, and a politician in the city of Longwood, Florida, which is just outside of Orlando, Matt Morgan, is a part of uh, an effort to raise money for a new medical facility uh, that is in uh, in opioid addiction recovery center that is opening up in Seminole County, just outside of Orlando. And he is coming out of retirement and he's actually going to be taking on one of the other city commissioners named Chris Anderson. So they are getting ready to square off and they, as part of this massive uh, fundraiser event, that's going to have a lot of uh, bells and whistles that a lot of your typical political uh, fundraisers would have. They're also bringing some wrestling. So Generation Championship Wrestling is going to be bringing a few talents out there, and we're going to have a couple matches. And Luke Curtis is going to be there, as well as Layla Gray. Uh, I'm not prepared to answer to uh, lay out the entire card at this time, but I do know who the talents are going to be. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but that's going to be a show that I think we're going to have some footage of. I hope so. But it's going to be a great event, and I know we're going to light the whole Seminole County on fire and let them know that GCW is in that area. And we're going to do a lot of good for a lot of folks in that area as well. It, it just seems like GCW is expanding, you know, running very, very strong. Shout out to uh, Jeremy Gomez there. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you can get me that, that autographed uh, memorabilia for Candy Gomez. You know, she's one of my heroes there. I love Candy. So just want to put that out there, Professor. I'm still waiting for that you to help me out there. I actually can probably help you out with that, to be perfectly honest. You. So I'll, I'll see Good. what I can do. Good, because, you know, my, my master plan is to invade GCW and take <laughs> over the company so that 
Candy Gomez can be the sole owner and operator of G. She is going to be the the Linda McMahon of GCW. Okay, <laughs> that's the that's the goal here. Don't tell Gomez. Don't tell Jeremy. I said that, but um, <laughs> I, I can let you in on that secret because we're good friends here, Professor. I'll never let him catch wind of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Professor, once again, Friday. What, what is? What, tell us, tell us one last time here, because I know folks listening are interested, and a lot of folks are going to be checking out some uh, seats. I hear that the, uh, you know, the real top of the line seats. It looks like you guys have sold out of those already. Uh, w- w- what's going on with that? Yeah, well, you know what? As a morning show, especially as we kind of put it together, we wanted to make it accessible, give people a, a, an affordable way to come start their wrestling weekend off with us. Uh, I don't think there's any other shows running that early, so we're in a very unique position that we're not up against any competition. But general admission tickets are only $5. They're $10 for ringside. We are now, I believe we're sold out of ringside. Uh, we had two left as of yesterday. I, I have to check with Gomez. Gomez has all the numbers there. We were that close to being sold out. Uh, but then, I mean, we added a, a massive main event that developed on Twitter, and that is former WWE superstar, MLW champion, uh, AAA champion, Leo Rush, and Casey Navarro. They got a lot of bad blood, and they're going to be in our main event. We've got so much cool stuff, man. We're going to have a six-man scramble that is going to be a schoolyard rules, uh, a schoolyard scramble that I think is going to be one that is going to be wildly entertaining, We've got Viva Las Amish and Betsy the Chicken are there. They're going to be taking on your buddies, the Makeits. Jake Painter, JC Vega are squaring off. They got a lot of bad blood. The baddest black belt, Janai Kai, uh, Killer Kate, who is a ground wrestling specialist. It's just going to be top to bottom, outstanding, man. I, I can't wait. I'm so grateful to all these folks for wanting to come do this show. And I think of all the shows happening, and not just because I'm on it or running it, We've got a unique feel. We've got a unique theme. And I think we are going to over-deliver in every respect. And this is going to be one that folks are going to be talking about for a very long time. Professor, why don't you let everybody know? You know, because you, you, you're talking about the cards and it's fantastic. I, I, again, I'm just so proud of you doing this, man. Let people know how they can follow you and reach out to you. Because you legitimately, and I've, I've said this a million times before, and I'm going to say it again. You know, a lot of people out there, there's a lot of promoters that listen to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, and I appreciate that. The young professor, pound for pound, it he is the number one commentator, the number one ring announcer, and behind the scenes, he is as respected and appreciated because he does the right thing. He doesn't try to screw anybody over. He doesn't sit there and try to bury anybody. All he ever does is try to help people. And that's the main reason why he has such a great reputation, truly the type of person that you want around your your talents there, especially young talents, because despite the fact that the young professor is a young man in his own right, the fact that he has been a professor, an actual professor, it's not just a gimmick, he understands how to work with people, how to organize people, how to make them feel like they matter while at the same time making sure that they're doing the right thing. I mean, truly, this guy just has it all here. Let everybody know how how they can uh, stay in touch with you and follow you. And if they want to reach out for opportunities there, Professor, what's the best way they can do? 
Well, first off, thank you for the very, very kind words, Duke. I really appreciate it. And, and I do want to go on record as saying you have easily been my favorite person to talk to in all of media over the years, not because you're the first guy to ever talk to me, but there's a reason I keep circling back and getting with you and speaking to you personally outside of here. I love what you do. I think you're a tremendous asset to the entire wrestling community. And on behalf of everybody, whether they've asked me to do this or not, I thank you for the service you provide to all of us because you help us level up and move to those next levels by the opportunities that you provide for people. And I know what you do for folks behind the scenes, too. And the fact that you've got such reach and influence and you live completely a country away almost from most of us uh, is a testament to your work, good sir. But as for how you can find me, folks, The Young Professor is the name, and that is all you got to type into the old search bar. If you look for The Young Professor on Facebook, you'll find me there. The handles are a little different on uh, Twitter and Instagram, but if you type in The Young Professor, I'm right at the top of that search. So if you can remember that much, you can find me, and you'll probably see me again and again interacting or appearing here with my good friend Duke on Duke Loves Wrestling. Now, Professor, before I let you go, and and first of all, you, you just shined me up really, really good here. And, you know, I got this this big, bald head of mine, so it's glistening now. You didn't shine me up, Professor. Okay. Um, I can't let you go. We all got to shine this week, brother. That's it, brother. That's it. But, you know, I can't let you go without talking about food because I know that your lovely better half, uh, she's just done such a great job with her business there. You know, she's baking all the sweets and what have you, and, and we talked about that before just how amazing that has taken off and what have you. Um, so I, I need to know, man, for WrestleMania weekend here, uh, for best in class weekend here, what is the go-to thing that, you know, Mrs. Young Professor is putting together here to to kind of hit that sweet tooth of yours? Well, I tell you what, for the folks that are going to be at best in class, uh, my wife, Shanna, and her business, Cakes by Shanna, is going to be there as a vendor at the show all day for We Run This Town, and she is bringing some sweets to sell at a sweet price that will certainly keep that sweet tooth uh, engaged firmly. And uh, she is tremendous at what she does, and I'm excited to have her there to just be there at the show, but also to promote her business, get it out there, and have some good treats for all of our fans that are going to be there. So she'll be, I I don't know, she's making some, rather than cupcakes, they're cakes in cups, which are neater and cleaner and easier to eat, actually. Uh, And I think she's going to have some other sweets there as well. And I I am not good at anything in the kitchen other than devouring what you put in front of me. So I don't know what she firmly has on the menu. I certainly have enough on my own plate right now. But I know she's going to be baking up a storm today and tomorrow as we head out to Tampa, And uh, if I could ever give any endorsement for this woman, uh, we met uh, just over eight years ago. And before I met that woman and she moved into my house, I weighed 30 pounds less. So if that's not an endorsement for what she's able to do in terms of food, I don't know what is. Now, listen, man, I I, got to say this, Professor. I'm still a little frustrated with the fact that Shanna is a little upset with me because, like you said, it's a cake in a cup. I didn't even know that existed. So forgive me for calling it a cupcake when it's actually a cake in a cup. I need you to go back and let her know I need to be taken out of detention here. I apologize. I will get it right this time. Cakes by Shanna. Uh, a, a cake in a cup, not yep. a cupcake. Tell cup her I'm going to get it right cup. this time. 
So I, so that means that she she can finally allow me to uh, to purchase a couple there because she banned me because I had the audacity to question whether or not it was a cupcake. And she said, no, Duke, it's a cake in a cup. I tell you what, she would ban you, man. And I don't know if I can talk her off it. Uh, you, you're I mean, but let's face it, you're more likely to get out of tension with her sooner than I am. So uh, I'll do what I can on my end. And that's all I can promise you. This is Alexa, and this is Brianna, and we're Sugar and, we're Spice. Sugar and Spice, and you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. This is Drizzy, one-third of Power Ups and Power Bombs, and this is Duke Loves Wrestling. My man, Drizzy, listen, uh, I, I've been a big fan of the Six God. You know, I've, I've spent some time in Canada, so I, what I what I like about you, Drizzy Drake, is the fact that in my opinion, you, you're you're kind of the hair apparent, hair apparent to uh, Jay Z, and I know a lot of folk give you a hard time, Drizzy, because <laughs> you know you 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 do a lot of rapping and you say that you you don't mind rapping for the ladies, but I'm like that too because I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a smooth cap myself. So it is an honor to have Drizzy Drake on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. That is hilarious. <laughs> what? Did, hold oh, on. Man. This is this is this um, is Drizzy Drake, the sixth god, right? Now you got to come down a little bit. You got to come down a few states, maybe a country. <laughs> oh, I, I got to talk to my my producer about this because I, you know, the the the, the email that I got said that I'm going to have Drizzy on Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, and I, I did think that was kind of interesting because I know that you know we've been gaining some momentum, but I didn't realize we were that big. So, so are you not Drake? I am not, man. But don't worry, I get that. I get that a lot, though. I get it a lot. <laughs> Damn, I can't listen, man. I, I I didn't I didn't think that things were going to go in this direction. Now, okay, all right. Well, let, well. Anyway, Drizzy, uh, who's not Drake, welcome to the show. I, how you doing, brother? Thank you. I am great. It is a beautiful day. Just happy to be here. Now, now, where are you at, Drizzy? I am in Louisville, Kentucky, home of OVW. Oh, okay. All right. So you're not Drake, but you but you're all right because you're a Louisville guy. Okay, I can I can deal with that. I can now you gotta tell me, how do I pronounce it right? Because I'm I'm a Boston guy and you know we have our own little accent. Is it Louisville or is it Louisville? Which which one is it here? It's Louisville. Okay, Louisville. They, they gotta put too much emphasis on Louis. It's just Louisville. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. All right. So if it, if it's Louisville, then then why do y'all have to spell it the way that you spell it? What, what, what's going on here? I wasn't there when they made all this happen. You know, <laughs> you know, the people that make the decisions are way higher up on the food chain than we are. You know, Drizzy, I, I, I'm having a real difficult time here. First of all, you're not Drake. Uh, you're not in Canada, so you're not the Sixth God. And now I find out that you you weren't one of the people to name Louisville and figure out how to spell it. So this is, I mean, I'm just striking out with my questions here. It's all right. It happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Listen, brother, you have a podcast um, that is really, really interesting. You, you've been gaining some steam online for it. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that you're on the show today, because literally power ups and power bombs. You know, it's a it's a podcast by black folk. You know, we are a, a subsection of the fan base that folk don't hear enough from. And it is really, really wonderful to see that more Black-owned and uh, Black-hosted podcasts are out there so we can finally get more perspective, right? Because you're no less of a fan than anybody else. So talk to me about the Power Ups and Power Bombs podcast. 
her power to power bombs is literally three friends that grab that gained friendship through wrestling. Like it wasn't, it was always meant to be a wrestling thing, but it just turned into a black wrestling thing. Cause we do tend to gravitate a little bit more toward the black wrestlers from the indies to the mainstream. But we just, we want to uh, share our love of wrestling with all of our, fa- all our friends. If you're a fan of us, all of our fans, if you don't like us, we want you to still talk to us. Like it's, it's just all about the love of wrestling. And it's also got a funny name. <laughs> Well, that's that's pretty cool. Now, now, when we say power ups, what are we talking about here? Because when I th- when I hear power up, I'm thinking like in a video game or even, you know, when Hulk Hogan used to start hulking up and what have you. Is is that what a power up is as it relates to the podcast? So I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Originally, the show was supposed to be an anime and wrestling podcast. So the power ups would have been like the Goku's and stuff like that. And the power bombs would have been the wrestling moves. But you can easily switch it to both. So when we did the wrestling, just like what you said, when Hulk Hogan hooks up, whenever uh, your partner is reaching out for the high tag, that's the power up. And then your power bombs are your big moves, your power, like your, your literal power bombs. Like it's just something that worked out as a double, like it really hit on two, le- on two different levels. So I, I got to ask you this because th- this is really interesting. So, so the power ups and power bombs podcast, which is a pro wrestling podcast now today, it originally was supposed to be an anime podcast. So, so let's, let's combine the two worlds here for a second, because we know that the pro wrestling audience definitely loves anime. Um, yes. If you were to pick one character from your favorite anime, who do you think would make the best uh, world wrestling champion and why? The best world wrestling champion. I have to give it to Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. He cuts promos like nobody else. He's the prince. I'm the prince of all saints every time he talks. If he, all he's missing is a belt. Okay, there it is. Vegeta, he, he is the... Now, if you were to relate him to any pro wrestler that you've ever seen in your lifetime who do you think he's he's the most like i was he's like the miz i could give him the miz except he's a lot more skilled he'd be a more skilled miz that'd be the best way to do it. or an mjf there we go now hold on a second like, now he, he, okay okay drizzy you see i don't already forgiven you for not being drake and then you're going to turn around and disrespect the 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 first ballot future hall of famer the a-lister okay the the miz by 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 trying to claim that in in a backhanded way, by the way, that MJF is more skilled. I mean, come on, what what is that all about, Trizzy? What are you talking about here, man? And I'm a Miss fan. <laughs> that's the sad, that's the crazy thing about. It. I'm a Miss fan. I believe that MJF does a lot more things that the Miz doesn't do. But MJF, I'm, let me take change that. MJF can do a lot more than what Miz does. But Miz tells better stories. Now, granted. MJF is younger. He's got time to learn that where Miz has been in for a longer period of time. But Miz tells way better stories. Okay, so anyone listening right now, uh, you can send your hate mail to Drizzy of the Power Ups and Power Bombs podcast, not to Drizzy Drake, the Six God, but to uh, that is, that Drizzy from Drizzy <laughs> with a Y. Drizzy with a Y. Send it to me. <laughs> I come, I come for smoke. That's it. (laughs) This, this man is a walking inferno. I can feel the heat all the way here in Boston. I I can't believe 
you would actually be so disrespectful to claim that MJF in any way on any level is better than the Miz at anything. I mean, even when it comes to waking up in the morning, MJF, if, if he ever believes he could wake up in the morning better than the Miz, he better drive to the Miz's mansion and he better apologize. Okay. Cause that's just not even a possibility. I'm, I'm pretty sure MJF is trying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him at all. I would not put it past him. But what's your, what's your take, uh, Trizzy on this whole deal with the fans, um, starting to take sides I mean, we've always had that in the fandom. We've always had that. I'm a guy that was, grew up in the 80s. And back in my, I feel like an old man now, back in my day, um, WWF, NWA, AWA, these were the promotions. If And forget about it when you start talking about Japan and what have you, because Japan was a catch-all, whether it was all Japan or New Japan. But, you know, primarily in North America, those were the promotions that everyone would argue about who's the best. And then you had other things like World Class, which was on ESPN, later Global Wrestling Federation. Um, so it was it's not uncommon for people to have a favorite promotion. And a lot of folks these days, they, they want to say, well, well, can't we all just be fans? Why do we have to pick sides? It's like that's part of fandom. You know, at least in my opinion, what's your take on that, Trizzy? Do, do, do you like the concept of people picking sides or do you feel that uh, it's a little overdone? I like picking sides. I'm all for it. When I it, In my day, I was a WCW kid. I watched all the episodes. I might occasionally flip over to see what WWE is doing. But for the most part, I would start Nitro and I'm ending with Nitro. And it's healthy. You're allowed to have what you prefer. There's no need in sitting there stopping there like, nah, this is better. You don't need to watch. Like, no. Like, watch what you want to watch. Let them have what they want to have. Let people enjoy. I say it all the time. Let people enjoy things. There's no need in sitting there saying and bashing the other ones. Yes, all of wrestling does bad things. But just watch and be happy. I mean, we have wrestling almost seven nights a week now. Like, we got to enjoy this while we can because we don't know when this will go. You know, I'm glad you said that, Trizzy, because you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I again, I'm an 80s baby, born in 82. I can remember from the moment I was born till about, geez, I would say about 93, 94. Um, it was, you know, I had pro wrestling on television every single day. There was never a day where I could not find at least one wrestling program. I had cable, you know, cable vision at the time, which was still pretty early. Um, but ESPN would show world-class championship wrestling Monday through Friday. It would come on right after school. So somewhere between three and 4 PM Eastern standard time later on in the late eighties and early nineties, uh, global wrestling federation took over that time slot, but they were also based in Dallas, Texas, but I got to see that every day. Then you have, you know, on, on either Mondays or Tuesdays, depending on the, the, the time period there. It started off as Tuesdays and then transitioned into Mondays. The WWF, they would have their programming. And on Saturday mornings, the WWF would have their programming. Now, now Mondays or Tuesdays would be the USA Network, just like it is today. But on Saturdays, um, you would have, you know, superstars, a wrestling challenge. That would be on our regional stations here, whether it be like a Fox station or something like that. Uh, Saturday nights were, were, was definitely 
NWA, which transitioned into WCW. You'd see that on TBS, Mm -hmm. but they also had a syndicated wrestling program that would come on on on, uh, Sundays. So and then you had, you know, your local federations like ICW here in Boston. Uh, Sometimes I would pick up um, UWF, you know, on some of the sports channels on cable and things like that. My point is, I grew up with wrestling on television every day. It was a common occurrence. Once we hit 94, 95, that all went away. And it had yes. not come back since the, uh, until the internet started uh, allowing us to have more access, which provided more options, which has driven cable to go back to showing more wrestling content like we have today. But you're right, man. We better enjoy it while we can because it can go away any moment here, right? That's deep. I mean, literally in pandemic, we literally almost lost a, a whole uh, company because of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, NWA was not. <laughs> and at the time, NWA was doing some of the best work. Truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. They they were they were fantastic. Uh, and I really love the emergence of Thunder Rosa. What, what her and Allison Kay did, they put on some of the best wrestling that you'd see anywhere. Those two women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're right. For an hour long show the nwa pound for pound was probably the best wrestling show we had going for about a year there and then the pandemic made all that go away and i don't know if they're ever going to get back to where they were with that type of momentum i know they they just started running shows again and it's been a long layoff there but um a lot has changed i I don't you remember how when tna started tna nwa started where you got to pay for the weekly shows sure pay like five dollars a show now so yeah I don't think they'll ever get that. I don't think the momentum is ever going to swing back their way if that's the way they're going to present their product. And that's too bad because they had something good for a short amount of time there. You know, I I wonder, Drizzy, because clearly you're a guy who's a a lifelong fan and you know what you're talking about. Just some of the things that you've brought up, not only here on this show, but um, also on your own podcast, Power Ups and, and Power Bombs. One of the things that a lot of folks don't understand is that podcasting is not easy. Everybody thinks it's easy, right? Everybody thinks they can do it. No, no, it is not easy in the slightest. I have been podcasting for, it'll be a year in, in June or July. Wow. And it'll be a year in July. Wow. And, and the first podcast I even started on wasn't even a wrestling podcast. It was just literally like a breakfast club type thing. We just talking about whatever was going on in the world. And then that branched off into me and my wife doing one, a relationship podcast. And at the same time, then Power Ups and Power Bombs came up. And I've learned literally different things from all those things and from other people. And this is not easy. You got to make sure your research is correct. You got to make sure that you're presenting things in a fashion that is understandable. Uh, You got to make sure that your equipment is correctly working. We've had a few episodes that sound like we're underwater. You know, you, you, you just brought up something so interesting. I, I'll tell you a funny story because uh, I have I have a, a second show as well. Tell us the truth, which is uh, a show that deals with systemic racism. And that's in partnership with uh, iHeartRadio. I upgraded my mic because I was using the blue snowball for a while. And, and that, you know, had gotten me where I needed to be when I wasn't in the actual studio. I was using the blue snowball in my home studio. But um, I recently bought a blue yeti nano and i had no clue that you couldn't just 
position the mic where you're talking on on top of it. You actually got to speak to it from the side. So the first couple of episodes of both shows, when I was using this this Blue Yeti Nano, sounded terrible. And, and here I am five years into the game, brother, and I'm still making those types of mistakes because I didn't know how to use my mic. I didn't know how to position it properly. So you're absolutely right when it comes to the sound. The sound is so important. And once you figure it out, it makes all the difference. But until you figure it out, those are some real growing pains, right? Yes. Is that um, the podcast I started on is still going on, and there's like they've been doing it a little bit longer than me, and they still go through these issues, and it's getting to a, like they're just now getting like an actual interface for everything because they're gonna incorporate video soon, and it's it's a complete nutter learning curve. Uh, I think their last episode that they tried to record somehow, some way, in it being loaded to the computer, completely deleted. Man, let me tell you something. That has happened to me more times than I want to remember. And it is so heartbreaking because here's the problem. You never get the content as well the second time you try to do it as you did the first time. It you seems know? like every single time. It's like that first time is mad. Like, you, you can feel it in there. It's like it's magic. Like this is going to be a great episode. And then you hit that button, look at it again, and found I found. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> You know, once you actually have done all the recording, do you do your own production? Do you edit your own audio and all that stuff? You do. Okay. So, so, and I know anyone listening right now, this is under the hood stuff. This is, this is yeah. about podcasting and, and, the, and the challenges that come along with it. Because again, it is not easy. I don't care who you are. You cannot come off the street and start podcasting and be successful. It's going to take some time. Um, but when it comes to the editing of the podcast, what, what's some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome? Because I'm sure in the beginning you weren't an expert, but you, you kind of had to learn by fire, right? The first few episodes of the ones that I was editing, it was literally, ah, it sounds good. And I press play. And then I'd get some feedback. Like, hey, you need to listen to this part again. So, so I'll go back and listen and hear all types of muffled sounds and everything I'm like okay so maybe i need to go back and listen a little bit more and then as i get into the creation tools of it and just looking at everything i just got overwhelmed like uh, who can i ask to can show me stuff <laughs> so that's when i just started reaching out to other people the stuff that i listened to and the first few that i reached out to weren't the most welcoming but it is what it is so i was uh i did luckily find some people some guys that were willing to okay hey do this okay, listen to this back and tell me what you think of it and get it to sound in where you want it to sound right and where it sounds more clear and everything. And it's literally just been a trial by fire. And luckily, I'm not somebody that's not afraid to ask questions. So that is a, if what I've learned is if you're willing to ask questions and ask for help legitimately, people are willing to help you. And it really helped with all the people that were willing to say, hey, just do this and you'll be all right. You know, you, you just mentioned two things that are so important. And when it comes to because we're amateurs, we're not professionals. We'll, we will we will grow into professionals. But, you know, most of us doing podcasting, we don't necessarily have a radio background. Um, so we're learning, like you said, trial by fire. And that's so important. I, I've I've realized that the more mistakes I've made, the better I've become at this thing. So if your ego is so big that you can't fail. And it's the end of the word, end of the world when you fail, then just stay the hell away from podcasts. Don't even bother. Because podcasting is like like playing golf. You're going to fail 
almost every single time you do it. You're going to mess something up. There's no question about it. You got to accept that. It is very rare that you're going to feel like you you had a perfect episode. There's always something that you're going to feel that you should have tweaked or done better and that you improve upon and, and, and you actually make those adjustments the next episode. Um, so failure has to be, you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with messing up. The other thing that you said that I, I find so great and so, so true is you will encounter people that will not be receptive to helping you. There's no two ways about that. For whatever reason, there are a lot of people that are very selfish. They want to hoard knowledge and hoard information, and they don't want to share because they feel like it could be a threat to their position, which is just embarrassing. Um, But you will encounter far more people who will not only be willing to help you, but will actually help you once you you ask for that help and, and you are specific about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. I mean, I'll tell you right now, one of, one of the when I first started, Conrad Thompson was one of the first people that I reached out to because um, I was a fan of, of um, his first podcast, Ric Flair, which was Woo Nation. This is before the Ric Flair show, which came a little later. Um, but I was a fan of the show and I was listening and I, I thought it was interesting. And he kind of started his show right around the time I started Duke Loves Wrestling. And, you know, he and I just started as fans, we would talk about wrestling, but I started asking him a little bit about podcasting and things like that. And he had a radio background. So Conrad was very, very receptive and, and, um, his time, he shared his time a lot. I can't imagine. I I don't even understand how this guy made himself as available as he did. He even came on the show numerous times and, and then he would give critiques. I asked, you know what I mean? And, and, and this is a guy with a show with Ric Flair. Now, I asked some other people who aren't as well known, and in fact, they're not even podcasting today, and they wouldn't even give me the time of day, you know? So, so Drizzy, I, I'm with you on that, bro. It's, it's amazing when you finally hit that breakthrough and you connect with people who will actually be helpful. Like it's, it really re-energizes you when you do find someone, hey, you're good, I'll help you out. And like it just breathes new life into you when you're doing it. Like, cause it it got me down for a little bit. I'm like, why am I even still doing this? I mean, they said maybe I just need to chill. This ain't my lane that I probably need to be in. Those extra, like, you will never know how important it is just to give somebody some type of positive energy because it can turn, it can change anything for anybody. You and I were talking offline about this, and and absolutely, and anybody listening right now who has ever uh, done a podcast or is thinking about doing a podcast, you can count on that doubt to creep in and hit you over the head, especially in the beginning, because you put out your first few episodes and you're not going to get a lot of listens. You know what I mean? It's going to be your, 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 it might be your significant other, your cousin, maybe uh, the cool dude at work. And that's about it. (laughs) You're not going to set the world on fire with a whole bunch of listens in the beginning because you have to learn and you have to learn also how to build your brand. So, Again, your ego has to be positioned in such a way that you can be okay with that. Because if you keep at it, it will grow and you will see tremendous growth and people will start paying attention. Um, you mentioned a name to me offline and I wanted I wanted to bring this up and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I wanted to bring this up because it's somebody who I have a tre- tremendous amount of respect for as well. 
Sir Wilkins of the Jobber Tears uh, podcast. Um, he was the f- uh, the first person that I actually got some type of positive feedback from, and he was like, he's like, here, keep working on your brand. He checks in with me periodically. Like, hey, are you doing? You good? And like, yeah. Uh, I he created a. It was like a little networking group. A little bit of fun goes on there too. And he's like, here, post your stuff here. Like, so every time you drop an episode, make sure you put it here. We'll make sure that people are looking at it. Uh, anything that you need help with, let me know. If um, when we started our Instagram page on both my uh, my both shows podcast, he was the first person to like, hey, do this and this, and it'll look a whole lot better. Uh, the whole network as a whole has sat there and been so helpful to me. It's like they kind of gravitated around, just kind of built like a like, okay, we're gonna teach you all this. Like even though we're still learning ourselves, anything we learn. We're definitely gonna help you with. It's all it's like it's just all about love and helping other people, putting other people on because you can't do this by yourself. And it's like we all need to be united. Like it, and it, it touches me so much. You know, man, I, I'm with it. I'm with it. And and there's something to be said about building a community. You know what I mean? When when it comes to building a community and and sharing information, helping one another, recommending one another, it's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. Um, I don't think anyone has has ever, or, or very few people, have ever gotten where they are in life all on their own. Somebody had to give you a break. Somebody had to co-sign you. Somebody who was in a higher position at the moment than you were had to say, "This person's all right," and kind of you know open the door so you can you can get to that level too, and then build from there. So. When you when you mentioned somebody like Sir Wilkins and and that whole Jobber Tears network, which is a great podcast, great podcasting network, they do live events. They're just they're fantastic. Um, I, I'm just I was so elated to hear you mention them because I have a lot of respect and I'm a fan of and I appreciate them as well. Um, a, a, another person who you and I share mutual respect for is is Brian H. Waters, right? Yes, he was the first, like when I started getting into pro, uh, pro wrestling podcasts, the wrestling realm was the first one that I listened to. I mean, that's kind of, how did you, how did you find the wrestling realm? Because that's, that's such an interesting, he, Brian has been podcasting for, for over a decade now. So he truly is like the godfather for us here in that regard there. But how did you find the wrestling realm? Do you remember? Uh, I had just started a new job and it was something where I was allowed to have headphones in and I get tired of it. I mean, I'm a DJ also, so I listen to music all the time. And I just wanted something different. And I'm like, well, let's listen to some wrestling. So I typed in pro wrestling. And, you know, you get like the Jim Cornette stuff. And I'm like, ah. like, it's cool and all. But I just kind of went through like a wormhole just trying to find something that, I, that just looking just to see what I could find to listen to. And I seen the wrestling realm one. I'm like, well, let's see. This is black people. Let's, let's see what they're talking about. And... From that moment, I was hooked, and I was like, I don't get to listen as much as I want to because I, at the same time, I'm consumed so much, so many wrestling podcasts. It's like every day that I learn about a new one, I add it to my list, and then I try to fit all this into like an eight hour day. You know, that's funny. I, I'm the same way, man. It's it's hard to keep up with everybody, but you know, just to just to be aware, um, name drop, share the content that you like, and what have you, it goes a long way. 
it goes a long way. And, and it's so cool that, you know, Brian was somebody who has been an influ- influence over you because he's definitely been an influence over me as well. Shout out to, to BH Waters. That's my man right there. Good dude. He's been on the show before. Just a, a really another person who will take the time to actually talk to you and provide some some advice and provide some example and just a really good person. You know, Drizzy, uh oh, it, it sounds like we might have WrestleMania going on in the background there. What's going on in the background over there, Drizzy? Yeah, my two little Usos are arguing and fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so does that mean that they're not going to be the uh, world tag team champions? Are they going to go uh, on as singles instead? Like, so me and my wife have a running storyline that we've built for the two of them where they're going to be a tag team and then the youngest one's going to turn on the oldest one. And then they're going to spend like a lifelong journey of following each other to different companies and beating each other up and having the best matches there. <laughs> it's, well, al- it's almost a consolation for them not being a tag team champion. So that that's a that's a very well defined, well booked storyline there. I mean, damn, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, uh, uh, my my good friend Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I know you're listening right now. Make sure you get in touch with Drizzy. And uh, sign sign his two kids there so we can get started on that storyline because you definitely need some help. There's no two ways about that. It, it, it'll, it'll be the it'll be the biggest rivalry you'll have ever. <laughs> For I don't sure. Care what you're doing, brother? Nobody nobody has better fuses than brothers. That's right. That's right. It's it's personal. That's why. So there's, there's no two ways about that. You know, Drizzy, how important is uh, representation? Because you you mentioned that when you were looking up pro wrestling podcasts. You saw two black folk and you said, oh, well, this is interesting because it's definitely not something that we see too often, at least, you know, in the past few years there. It's only been more recently that we see more black wrestling podcasts. But how important is that representation? It means a lot more to me because it's so it's something that I feel like it relates to me. Like just seeing just seeing somebody that sound, that looks like me talk about something that I feel like I know something about. Maybe they could teach me something. I'm also an open person. If you want to teach me about something, I'm all for it. If you can teach me about it, I'm all, I'm here. And it's like, out of all the other ones that I looked at, I didn't get that vibe. I just got a guy that like, they were a writer in the back that knew what was going on. But Brian and the Iggy's gamma felt like, hey, let me tell you about this. Let me teach you this. And I love that feeling. Like, it's not a well, this is the news, but it's like, a, okay, check this out. This is what's going on. Like, it's a whole lot more inviting. Absolutely. More comfortable. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, that's how that's who Brian is as a person. So it, it definitely translates on, on all of his shows, especially the wrestling realm. That's a good call out there for sure. So, Drizzy, let everybody know. I mean, with your podcast, especially because you're somebody who is interested in a lot of things, including anime, so just the way that your brain works in terms of what matters to you in wrestling and what you want to convey to people that they should be paying attention to. What can folks expect when they listen to your podcast? We are lifelong fans and we've literally been watching some of us. I'm not going to say whoever, who's, who's the oldest, but they've been watching since the seventies. The they, at the same time they teach, uh, we kind of just opened that door of like what we think should happen. What it's almost fantasy book kind of to a certain extent, but we uh, it's, we kind of we're still trying to find our way in, in a little bit. But 
we're kind of getting to a point where we've got our traction, where we want to go with everything. We try to cover as much as possible. We also want to give something to the guys that don't get a lot of, that we don't hear get a lot of play, like the MLWs, the ROHs, uh, OVW, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, some of the indies like Game Changer and, uh, and all the GCWs and stuff like that. We kind of want to open eyes to people that you might not see all the time. Because we sing, the like, for example, we sing the praises of Jonathan Gresham and Shane Taylor, of Jocelyn Navarro. Like, we sing their praises all the time on shows. And I'm hoping that it one day, like, well, let me look this person up and then they see a, see what great work that they do. That's awesome. That, that, that's really awesome. Trizzy, let everybody know if they want to check out your podcast, if they want to find you online, you know, social media, plug away, plug away at everything you have going on because you're, you're a good dude, man. And I, and I know somebody listening right now would, would absolutely want to follow you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me at Big Drizzy 502. That is B-I-G-D-R-Y-Z-Z-Y 502 on IG. On uh, Instagram, it's literally all one word, power ups and power bombs, no spaces, no no hash marks or anything. And on Twitter, you can find us at P-U-P-B Pod. We drop every we drop every Saturday morning. If depending on what's going on, if there's like a big event or something, we might do like maybe two episodes and there'll be a Friday and a Saturday episode. But for the most part, that Saturday is the bulk of our stuff. You can find uh, the Black Barbie and Bernard on Twitter and IG as well. Let me pull up that stuff. <laughs> uh, I lost it. Where did it go? Uh, Black Barbie 116 and Bernard is B E R N I M I N G E. Good stuff. Good stuff. Listen, you know, before I let you go, Drizzy, I got to ask you one last question here. And this is probably the most important question I'm going to ask you. Okay. Because you're you're a you're a, a Louisville guy. Did I say that right? Louisville. Yes. Okay, you're a Louisville yes, guy. You got it. That's, look at you. Listen, man. I, I I try to get it right because I know that that is the home of the slugger, and I don't want you to to get one of those bats and and take me out with it. So I got to make sure I do it right. So <laughs> Louisville is is a place that is known for culinary excellence because it's it's it, there's a fusion of down home classic dishes and then you have the new school it's really interesting i don't i don't think a lot of folks realize how strong the the food culture is over where you're at there so if i'm in louisville and i just want a great meal where am i going and what am i getting going you are going there's one of two places you can go i'm going to give you franco's it is I think they have some of the best just southern. Like, if you really want to just go and you want to feel like a uh, big mama in the kitchen with a cast ass, frying up some chicken, got your greens freshly picked, all of it, you're going to Franco's. Like, I, I got sat just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to Franco's and I'm going to get a nice down home southern style meal with a, with a uh, Louisville twist. Um, is there anything other than other than chicken, fried chicken? Because listen, I, I have actually been to Kentucky Fried Chicken in Louisville. And ironically, 
the first time I ever saw a buffet at a KFC was literally in Louisville. And it was the first time I saw fried okra on the menu. Yes. Because because here in here in Boston, our KFCs don't generally do that. You know what I mean? I, I never I literally have never saw that before, but I was on a road trip and we passed through your your neck of the woods there. And sure enough, buddy of mine and I, we we stopped the KFC. We stopped at the the uh, all you can eat buffet, and we got some okra to go along with our KFC fried chicken. So so what else? What else, man? What what's what's uh, more of a a Louisville, Kentucky uh, specific type of dish or meal that we should be checking out? We don't have a specific meal or anything. Because, like you said, we're kind of a bit of a corner cup because we're kind of in the middle. We're like the gateway to the South. But I will say KFC isn't the best chicken in Kentucky. The best chicken in Kentucky comes from a place called Indies. And, like, seriously, there is no words that can describe how good that chicken is. You will sit there for an hour just destroying chicken because of it. Like, there's no reason for chicken to be that good there. (laughs) Okay, all right. So, so tell us, tell us before you go. How do how do you order it? So, if uh, if if we're going, say the name of the place one more time, and, and just give us the exact way that Drizzy orders his chicken there. All right. So you're going into Indy. It's called Indies. You are getting a fifty piece mixed. So that means you're gonna get twenty five regular, and you're gonna get twenty five hot and spicy. And the hot and spicy, it sounds it sounds intimidating. It sounds like it's gonna be like burning your mouth, but it's the perfect amount of a little kick and taste. That is like the whole key to it. It's like the taste and they the, they even each other out. It's almost just a perfect mesh. All right, he said he said it's a it's a perfect mix of hot and spicy, evens each other out. I'm telling you right now, I have a funny feeling. I have a funny feeling here, Drizzy. That not only are you describing Indy's chicken, but you're describing your podcast as well. Once again, Power Ups and Power Bombs podcast. This is Drizzy, not the Six God Drizzy Drake from Canada, but uh, you know Louisville Drizzy with the Y. Thank you, my brother, for joining us here on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.